You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 98. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there, my name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. For this episode, I wanted to continue answering questions from my podcast audience. For those who may not be as familiar with the podcast, in past episodes, I've given out a phone number where you can call in and leave me a question about voice acting as a voicemail. From time to time, I'll pick the most relevant questions I receive and answer them here on the podcast. Let's get started. Let's answer some questions from you, our listeners. Hello, Mr. Freeman. My name is Gatlin, and I'm calling from Midway, Georgia. First of all, let me say thank you so much for the podcast. It's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. Um, my question is relating to stage work, actually, and how it can correlate with voiceover work. Uh, recently, I've gotten involved with the community theater nearby, and it's a lot of fun. Everyone's really friendly, and it's a great way for me to hone my skills as an actor. Uh, I've heard you, along with several other voiceover artists, actually talk about how stage work is very closely um, related to or can be correlated with voiceover work. So I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on this point and tell me maybe some of the finer details about how they're so closely intertwined or what points of stage work I should focus on if I want it to affect my voiceover work in particular. Once again, thank you so much, and I hope you have a lovely day. Hi there, Gatlin. That's a great question, and I'm happy to elaborate on it. It is true that the majority of voice actors, myself included, have extensive backgrounds in theatrical performance. There are very few voice actors I know of who started exclusively as film actors and then transitioned into voice acting. I would estimate that 75% of my professional peers develop their acting skills performing in front of a live audience, either in plays, improv troupes, or stand-up comedy. Most of the remaining 25% usually have a background in radio announcing. I can only offer my own conjecture as to why so many theater actors tend to transition well into voice acting. First, theater actors need to develop good vocal technique. Your standard theatrical show performs eight times a week, Tuesday through Sunday evenings, with two matinees usually on the weekend. That's a lot of talking. In order to be heard in a large theater with no amplification, a theatrical actor has to learn solid vocal technique. Without good technique, they will quickly strain their voice and be unable to perform. Solid vocal technique is also crucial for a voice actor. You must know how to maintain your vocal instrument and be able to perform with the same quality and tone every time you step up to the microphone. Voice actors may be called on to perform daily for hours and hours on end, either in paid jobs or in auditions. Often, voice actors will vocalize for longer and with even more intensity than what is required for a theatrical performance. 
Voice actors must have the stamina to be able to survive such demanding conditions, and the theater tends to be a good training ground for that kind of vocal endurance. Second, theater actors usually have more experience and tend to be more comfortable adopting different styles of acting to suit the project they are working on. In film, acting teachers often focus on making sure their students look as natural as possible on camera, as opposed to adopting any specific style of acting. This is because any stylization in someone's film acting becomes exaggerated in a camera close-up, and can make an actor's performance feel artificial and stiff. However, in the theater, there are many stylized types of performance. Whether you're doing Shakespeare, mask theater like Commedia dell'arte, clown theater as is commonly found in Cirque du Soleil performances, or even puppet theater, the theatrical actor must learn to perform in different styles of plays. Each of these styles place different demands on an actor in order for them to appear believable. The kind of acting that looks good when wearing a mask might look silly when performing Shakespeare, and vice versa. Playing character voices, especially exaggerated ones for more cartoony shows, also requires an actor to adopt specific styles of performance. The kind of acting that Mel Blanc uses to perform Daffy Duck would sound silly in a Lord of the Rings game, and vice versa. There are also big differences in style between various kinds of voiceover work. Commercials, promos, and documentary narration all require different styles of performance in order to sound appropriate. Voice actors need to be aware of the style of each project they are working on, and they must modify their performances in order to sound believable no matter what genre or type of voiceover work they are performing in. Theater training can help give an actor the experience they need to be flexible with their styles of acting and to adapt to whatever style a project requires. Third, most theater actors have had some sort of experience doing improvisational theater. Improv helps an actor learn how to make very quick and decisive acting choices based on very little initial information. That's precisely the position a voice actor can be placed in almost every day. As a voice actor, I am usually given very little information about the project I'm auditioning for. The producer may provide some quick description of the character's personality, some celebrity references as templates for the type of performance they are looking for, and if I'm really lucky, a picture of the character. Then, I have to try and fill in the rest of the character's personality with my own experience, intuition, and creativity. Improv is one of the best ways to develop your instincts for the kind of instant acting that is often required in the voiceover world. I'm sure there are other reasons why most voice actors tend to come from a background in theater, but those are the first ideas that come to my mind. My advice to you is to focus on becoming as flexible an actor as possible. Do your best to understand the psychology and personality of all the characters in a play, not just the one you happen to be portraying. Listen to the voices of castmates that you admire and see if you can mimic their delivery and tonality. Start building up your own internal repository of characters that you can bring out at a moment's notice when called upon to do so in a voice acting situation. Take both theater and improv classes so your acting and improv skills are strong. Also, make sure you are developing solid vocal technique so that you can depend on your instrument when you enter the high-paced world of voice acting. 
you don't want to develop unsustainable vocal habits that will cause you trouble in the future. A solid background in theater can be invaluable for pursuing a career in voice acting. However, even though I had a wealth of acting experience working in regional theater, on international productions, and even on Broadway, it turns out that I still had a lot to learn when I finally arrived in Los Angeles. Some of the best voice actors in the world are in L.A., and I had to learn how to adapt my theatrical experience to the demands of the highly competitive voiceover marketplace in Southern California. That brings us to our next question. Hi, Kristen. This is Dan from Los Angeles. Uh, in your interview with Scott Menville, you had mentioned that you were fired from two jobs in a row uh, relatively early on in your acting career, and that uh, that kind of led you to realize that you needed to become more competitive. So my question is, after that point, what steps did you take to hone your skills and become more competitive? Thank you so much for the podcast. Hi, Dan. What a great follow-up question to my interview with Scott Menville. For those of my listeners who may not have heard it yet, I interviewed Scott Menville back in episodes 84, 85, and 86 of the podcast. I highly recommend you check out our conversation. In the interview, I recounted to Scott that upon my arrival in Los Angeles, I was cast in two very high-profile anime shows and was subsequently let go from both of them. There were many factors that contributed to me being fired from those shows, but the main reason was that my acting and vocal technique were not yet truly competitive in the Los Angeles marketplace. I sounded good enough to book the roles, but I didn't yet have what it took to deliver the kind of sound the studios wanted. My acting radar and vocal skills had not yet acclimated to L.A. standards, and even though I was competitive in my previous market, I got a wake-up call once I relocated. After these two depressing experiences, I had to do a lot of soul-searching and decide how committed I was to becoming a voice actor. I decided it was so important to me that I was willing to do whatever it took to become better. I immediately enrolled in a weekly acting class taught by someone I had met in the voiceover world. He was an older actor who had worked both on camera and behind the microphone, and I respected his talent and insight greatly. I also started taking private lessons with my good friend and amazing voice talent, Richard Horvitz. He became my voice acting mentor and really helped me expand my artistry and change my mindset when it came to voice acting. Finally, I practiced a lot on my own to see if I could expand my vocal range. I had a solid background in classical singing, and I experimented to see if I could apply that experience and discover how many different tonalities I could create without straining my voice. I became intensely aware of what it took for me to achieve certain vocal effects, and I recorded myself constantly to keep an objective record of my progress. I was obsessed with improving my abilities and becoming truly competitive in my new market. After about six months, I was able to create precisely the vocal tonalities and performances that had eluded me earlier. I was able to demonstrate my newly developed talents to the director who had hated to let me go. She was excited for me, but wondered why I couldn't give her that performance six months ago. I had to tell her that back then I wasn't ready. I hadn't yet put in enough study and practice to play on the level of other Los Angeles-based voice actors. However, 
After putting in the work, my new demonstration of skill assured this director that I was now up to speed, and she became eager to cast me in new projects. I have since performed numerous roles for her, and for many other industry professionals I respect and admire. Digging down and really deciding to take my acting and vocal skills to the next level cemented my foothold in the Los Angeles market, and I've been working here successfully ever since. You often learn more from your failures than from your successes. Those early setbacks when I first moved to Los Angeles helped strengthen my resolve and inspired me to really focus on keeping my acting skills competitive. Even though it was disappointing in the moment to be let go from those initial roles, I'm so grateful for my early challenges, because they helped me become the voice actor I am today. I was lucky to learn so quickly just what it takes to compete in this market. That wake-up call was just what I needed, and I'll always appreciate it. Thanks to Gatlin and Dan for their great questions. I wish them both luck in their voice acting endeavors. If any of my listeners would like to call in with your own thoughts, thank yous, or questions, the number is 323-696-2655. Please remember to state your first name and what city in the world you're calling from before leaving your message. I'll include this call-in number in the blog post associated with this episode at voiceactingmastery.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.